Well, hey there, friend. This is Sierra, your host for today's podcast episode and the founder of the Boutique Workshop. As a coach, it's my goal to help you as a boutique owner take complicated tasks and break them down into bite-sized, actionable steps that you can take and implement in your business today. And sometimes part of breaking down a complicated task is hearing how others do that very thing. And that's why I'm really excited to have you join me today for a special conversation that I have with a guest here on the podcast. So grab a notebook and a pen, your favorite cup of coffee, sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with our special guest. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boutique Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, and I have two guests here today. I always love these podcast episodes the best because we get to just talk to real people doing the thing that you're all doing. So Candy and Jesse are here. They're partners um, in Simply Maze, and they're here to just visit with us today about boutique ownership. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, hello. Good. 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 All right. So this is going to be one of those podcasts where like, who talks, right? You know, who, who says that we talk over each other, but it's going to be fun. You guys are so much fun to hang out with. Um, you've been around the boutique workshop for a few years now. You've been accelerators for a couple of years. Um, Candy, you just started coaching in the boutique workshop. So you definitely know the brand and, you know, what all of our listeners are looking for here when they join us on the podcast. So let's start by having you guys just tell your story. How did you get into boutiquing in the first place? Um, what do you do? Where are you located? Give us all the details. Do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> we started, um, this is Jesse, by the yeah, way. I'm, Jessie. I'm Candy. <laughs> um, we started, well, we've been in business together. We figured what, almost six years? Yes. And we started selling clothes um, with another company out of my basement. And then we had the epiphany of, well, we could do this in our own space and be our own bosses and pick what we want to sell. Call um, all the shots. Yes. <laughs> and so the decision was kind of made and we're very, we're people that when we say we're like, oh, we're going to do this, it's just like zero to 100. And we just did it. <laughs> I have found that out about you. Yes. <laughs> Actually like zero to 1000. Yeah. One second. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that in turn opened the doors. Um, beginning looking for a location and that's kind of how the boutique got started and it happened very quickly so we are simply maze boutique and we are located in story city iowa um like jesse said we've been in business but um we decided to open the brick and mortar and that actually happened um very quickly in february of 2019 so um sierra knows that we have moved our boutique since that time four times Yes. Still continuing to stay in Story City, which is a town of 3,800 people. And we've been in four different locations. So it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I really like actually about your business model, which I would, I wasn't thinking about, but I think we should dive into because it's something that you're very proud of. Um, your business model, you are not, you're in a small town to begin with. So you're already in a smaller community, but you're not open very much. You're not open every single day. You're not open all these long hours. And there's a reason for that. And when I want to, I want to talk about that, because I think that's important to know our why and to really understand what we want out of our business. So that's one thing I think we should talk about. And then secondly, 
how you've been able to be profitable even while doing that. Because I think as business owners, we feel like we have to do what everyone else is doing instead of really understanding what we want and being confident in that. So let's start with the why. Why did you decide to have limited hours when you're already in a small community? Well, um, so we do, we do um, limited hours because we have families and we have boundaries. Um, just and that was since day one. Day one. That was a conversation we had that if we're doing this, we will have lives outside of our boutique because our boutique will not run our lives. Yes. We also know ourselves really well. Um, for me personally, I know that I could work on something all day long, every day, seven days a week, if I really wanted to. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't because when we opened, you know, definitely we needed to pour more time into it to figure some things out, to get our inventory into our um, website and things like that. So that was more hours. Um, for us, but, you know, we know that we would get really burnt out. We know our personalities. Um, we know that we can enjoy something too much to a point that yeah. it no longer is enjoyable. Um, so we, we had said from the get-go that we can't do five, seven days a week, that we must limit our time. Um, and then when the pandemic hit and we had to close down, um, prior to that, we were tracking our numbers. So we knew um, within a two hour time span, how many customers were coming into our store, how many sales we were getting on that day and what our sales were. So when the pandemic hit and we had to shut down for a while, and then we were allowed to reopen, we already knew at that time for us in our town, Wednesdays were not that great. And that any time between like four to five, six o'clock, our sales numbers were not high enough. And we decided let's just shoot for being open until three. You know, let's start slow. We could always build, but it looks in our minds, it looks like a failure, if you will, if we take away. So even though we know that it's not failing, we're just making some adjustments. Um, so that's how we decided boundaries for us personally. And then thankfully the pandemic, but knowing our numbers, like because you have told us to track our customers and know where we sit for number of people in and it our sales. An, it was an easy decision. It was an easy decision. It was a yeah. no-brainer at that point. So then yeah. I get to address your profitability question. Um, you know, in the beginning, we weren't profitable. We were taking all of our funds and we were pouring it back into our business. And I know that we were getting very discouraged in the fact that we weren't paying ourselves. And I've shared this with other people, but, you know, my husband and I, we were talking one night and he goes, you need to pay yourself, Candy. You guys need to pay yourselves. And I said, but we can't, you know, we're putting all the money back into the business. He goes, even if you pay yourselves a dollar, he goes, you're worth something. I'm like, I am worth way more than a dollar. <laughs> so we continued to pay ourselves nothing. <laughs> yes. And I love that story. I have told that story, quoting you so many times, because I think that's what so many of us do. I'm worth so much more than that. So then we pay ourselves nothing <laughs> instead of even, you know, the minimum or saying, fine, then I'll pay myself $2. No, I'm, you know, worth more than that. And so we do nothing at all, which is all so right. silly, but. So I had yeah. read the Profit First book. Um, I don't even know how I heard about yeah. it because at the time you weren't 
um, certified and teaching on that. And I told Jesse, I said, you know, I read this book. I don't quite understand it. I don't know how to apply it to our business, but I feel like we need to open up more checking accounts because we were getting money in and money was going out. We're very good at swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes. Yeah. And then I, you know, and then it's like, oh, we need more inventories, but we don't have any money. So then we started using a credit card and then our credit card started getting higher. Our sales were going up, but we weren't managing our money well enough and we weren't able to pay off our credit card and we were just getting ourselves kind of deeper in debt and deeper mm -hmm. in debt. And yeah. it was going to be harder to manage that. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, so many nuggets in here. So I want to talk about Profit First because you're very passionate about Profit First, both of you. And I love your philosophy of you just have to start and just get it done. So I want to talk about that. But I want to make sure people heard a couple nuggets that you shared a few minutes ago. So you mentioned first boundaries and really understanding yourself. I know that's something that I did not do well for many years in business. Just understand what my strengths and weaknesses were and what I really wanted. Um, we've just been learning and kind of going through a series on resting, making sure um, my husband and I that you have rest built into your life and how more you, you're so much more productive if you have rest built in. And it's very counterintuitive to what we hear, especially in the U S about like hustle, go, go, go. And we're such a driven people, but there's something so amazing about just sitting and taking time to rest that gives you the energy you need to do a much better job at work. And so I didn't know that for a long time. And I love that you mentioned you knew yourselves and that you needed that space for your families and probably to be apart from each other too, you know, as you know, co-owners. And so you set up the boundaries. And then the second nugget was that you were tracking what was happening in your business. So when you were called upon to make decisions, like we all were during the pandemic, you had some information to guide you and kind of tell you which direction to go. So I think those two things are, are really important. Um, anything else on the tracking and measuring side of things that you wanted to share before we dive into profit first? Well, I think at that time we were primarily tracking, you know, our number of customers that came in and um, we just have, Jesse has so, it. So a lot of people ask us how, or what's the best way to do this? We literally do pen and paper and we just print out um, our hours are Thursday, Friday, 10 to three and Saturday, nine to one. So we just have it in 10 to 1130, 1130 to one and one to three increments. And we just use old school tally marks. Yeah. I love that. So if you, if you aren't watching this, if you're just listening, um, Jesse was showing us just literally a piece of paper that they print out, have at the counter, like I think we overthink sophistication in our business so much too. Like, oh, I don't, I can't afford a tracker or what if this, or what if that just get started, like right. use a piece of scratch paper and stop yeah. making excuses on why you can't do what you need to do. So yeah, yeah you guys just use old school, just make a tally There's mark. A track difference it. If Jesse's at the tally, at the tally sheet, or if it's <laughs> I'm at the tally sheet, because hers is likely more accurate. I get to talking and then I'm like, oh, how many people were just in here? Yes. <laughs> I'm very diligent about it because I'm like, man, you know, at the end of the day, you look at your numbers and you're like, wow, that was either a really bit good day or a really bad day. Well, it's like, well, only 10 people came in, but yeah. if we had a thousand dollar day. Well, heck, that's pretty good. 
Yes. And you know what? That's an excuse I get a lot when I work with my clients and coaching and say, okay, I want you to start talking customers. Well, what if we forget? Or what if my employees come twice? Or what if it's all of these excuses? And it goes back to what you said, Candy. I'm worth more than a dollar, so I'll pay myself nothing. Well, I might make mistakes on my tracking, so I'll just track nothing at all. Yeah. And that's such a poor mindset. There's days where there's nothing. There's days where there's nothing because mom was at the register (laughs) and we just forgot. So it's like, well, chalk it up and just start over the next day. But at least you have some data because as a, you know, as a whole, you're, you're taking and tracking. So that's a nugget too. know yourself, understand yourself and set boundaries. Nugget number two is you really need to just get started. If you know, you need to do something in your business because it's healthy for the business. Don't wait until you have a perfect plan start with a C minus plan and then build yourself up, build the plan to an A plus plan. Because if we wait for A plus, we're never going to get it done. And we let so much time go by. Well, and I feel like, um, like it goes back to knowing ourselves, you know, we, we have these grandiose ideas sometimes. And, you know, if you think too long and hard about it, you'll never implement it because you just don't know how. So it's like, let's try this. It may work and it may not. Um, but Hey, if it did work, now you can build on it. So you got to start somewhere, Yes, you know, and sometimes it's just starting small and then you get people used to something different that you're doing, or you get adjusted yourself to something different that you're doing. Then you add another layer, then you can add another layer. And it's just creating that base habit and building on that. Yeah. I know that you train for the Ironman, you know, Sierra, and that's it. You can't go out and do everything all in one day. And expect yeah. to recuperate and be able to do it all again the next day. You know, yeah. you got to start small and build and build and build. Yeah. And I think even with something like that, you know, understanding yourself is so important. I know that that day of rest where I do not have to train helps me get through the really, really hard training days. Like, but Monday's coming and Monday's my rest day. And I know that about myself where other people, maybe they'd have to go continually because they can't stop one day or they wouldn't pick, you know, so it's, it's important for us to understand our mindset strengths and weaknesses, and then use those to our advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about starting small with profit first. So you read the book, like many of us, you kind of look at the pages and you're a bit confused. I know the principles behind this is great, but this seems very complicated. Plus it, how does it work with inventory? So you had dove into the concept of it before. Then you became members of Boutique Workshop and we started kind of talking through it. Let's talk about what you learned in Boutique Workshop when it came to Profit First and then how you took that and made it your own and applied it in a way that made sense for you guys. So in the beginning, um, we opened up, we had our our income account. Sales tax. And when we opened up a sales tax account because in Iowa, we do collect sales tax and we wanted that tax separated from our money so we didn't spend it because we knew that wasn't our money yeah it's yeah. not our money to have it's and so we um we call it like a sweep account we sweep our sales tax that we collect every week into that account and then every quarter it just sweeps out <laughs> yep so kind of um, unseen untouched don't right. even stress about it right and our accountant they just pay our sales tax out of that account and that is primarily how we set it up for us in the beginning was just those two things because we did not again we we know ourselves we were afraid we would spend that money that wasn't ours and yes i know that maybe i need to save 500 dollars back for taxes 
but you know, I might, I'm just going to spend a little bit more and I'll just put that money back in. No, don't yep. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, yes. So then when you started teaching about profit first, um, the book talks about subcontractors and contractors, but how did we apply that to a boutique? Because they weren't talking about inventory. And that's when, when you were breaking it down um, into more of how we could go deeper with the several different accounts and have money for inventory, it was just like a, a light bulb moment for us. Um, it's like, wow, yeah, we just need to get some more accounts and disperse our money more wisely. Yes. <laughs> and then we would be able to have savings. We would be able to have money for inventory. We would be able to have our money for our taxes, sales tax and operating expenses. So we did, we went wider with our bank accounts. And then you can talk about every week you transfer yeah. money. So I, with our different accounts, I have created myself a spreadsheet. And so I plug in, I have our net, our sales, and then, um, we it automatically figures out like our, our real revenue number. And then from there, the, the sheet just fills in itself. I just have to go in and fill in our sales tax and fill in what our cost of goods were. So then it is, it's already done for me. And then I just go to the bank account. It takes me five minutes tops, transfer the money and it's done. And over time, you may think like, Oh, like we just, you know, say we pay ourselves $200 this past week. And it's like, well, geez, that's not very much when you pay yourself at the end of the month, it's like, well, I didn't do too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've so, actually done it instead yeah. of, you know, because you've been doing it consistently in small amounts and small amounts are so much more easy for us to bite off and chew, aren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, if it's transferring $50 here or $500 there versus, oh my goodness, now I'm supposed to find $1,500 for sales tax. Where well, am I going to find that number? Two, yeah. The last two moves that we've done we two moves we've been able to uh we've had money to do that so that we didn't have to put it on a credit card we didn't have to scramble to find the funds to build two dressing rooms and and do the things that we needed to do because we had money and savings yeah we accounted for that and you know so it was just nice to not have the stress of that hanging over your head of well oh, I yes. got a credit card so so I we're pretty transparent people. And I think, you know, we're in the accelerator group with you, Sierra, as our coach. And, you know, our sales numbers, our goal would be $12,000 a month. But, you know, we average um, this year, it's been in that eight to $10,000 a month range. So I don't want people to think that they're listening to somebody who's, you know, $100,000 a month boutique, because we're not. And I know that there's people that make a lot more in sales than that in a month. And there's people who make less. But the thing about the profit first, um, you know, it's just a cash management system that you can use um, to grow your business. And then it's using discipline in order to manage your cash and then, you know, watch your business grow. And like I said, Jesse and I weren't paying ourselves at all. Um, when we decided to implement that we needed a paycheck, for if nothing else, just our, it was our mental health, our mental yeah, health. It I really mean, is. Yeah. yeah. And we were getting burned out. Um, I was ready to sign my name off on the LLC. I was like, here you go. And it, and it wasn't that we were putting in an excessive amount of time. It mm -hmm. wasn't that we were working hard. We just weren't giving ourselves any value 
back and in the form of a monetary gain. Yeah. Um, and I feel that it's important too that, you know, both of our husbands have jobs. Um, so this could be considered a hobby by some, you know, for the way that we were working it, because it's like, yeah, you're only open three days a week. You know, you're not hardly open at all. You know, oh, you guys have husbands that make money, but no, we, we had jobs prior to this and, you know, I had a really good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it was our goal to pay ourselves when we started. I think we were putting 10% of our sales back. Um, and then we were splitting that. So we were, essentially getting 5% each of our sales a week. And then, um, we are up to, now we're up to 20, 20%. So so we each get 10% now. And then, you know, we're trying to bump that up a little bit every quarter. And by a little bit, we mean two to 3%. So we're not increasing it so much that we can't financially handle handle it. But, you know, if you start adding 25, 30, $40 a week, you don't notice that as much as trying to increase it 200, 300, $400. Yes. Yep. And you know, the last, and so 2021, we were able to pay ourselves by, by monthly the whole year. And same with the first quarter of 2022, um, continued that. And we, I mean, like we said, we have no plans, but to bump up our pay. (laughs) And it's, it's really interesting because it really does become a game with yourself and your business where you see, and I think Jesse, you might have been chatting with us on the coaching call the last time about this. When you start to see like, I can do this consistently. If I bought a little bit smarter, if I did this a little bit differently, if I got rid of this unnecessary vendor, that would actually go to me. So I'm going to do that, you know, because you start to look at the numbers and you understand that what you're doing really affects the monetary gain that you get with the work you put in. And when we keep working for free, we just spin. Like there's no purpose behind anything other than just, I, you're chasing sales, constantly chasing sales to pay bills instead of figuring out how to make the business perform for what you want out of it. Yep. We've gotten rid of subscriptions that we weren't necessarily, we were using, but not using enough to justify the cost of it. Um, you know, even our point of sale plan, we just bumped down. So we're, we're really the last 2021, we really honed in on our numbers as far as like, where can we save a penny? Yeah, we'll do it. And we started running pretty lean and mean on that and buying smarter with our inventory, buying out of season when things are on discount, um, buying maybe in bulk or just watching the sales section. Um, and always check the sales section first. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then you did ask us about how do we have money for inventory? So every week when she's looking at transferring money on our Shopify report, we take our actual cost of goods sold. And, you know, that is a a true dollar amount because we have our cost of goods into our point of sale system. So, and it's very important that you do that because we take that number of our cost of goods sold for the previous week and that money gets transferred into our inventory account. So if we, that's all we have left to like restock, replenish. So um, that replaces what just left the store. Right. Yes. And then, you know, we don't buy every week. Um, We kind of go on these rampant buying things where we end up with a back room full of stock for three months, or as we sit right now, we have nothing. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, woo, we have $1,500. What do we buy? Yes. (laughs) 
And, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot because I know that people will spend a lot more than that whenever they're doing their buying. But because I think we do small amounts over time um, and then we just flow with what we need without having a large stock in the back, you know. And I will say having the cost of goods account, we did not add that until 2021. And that has okay. changed the game of our business and our finances because, you know, we would put it on a credit card and then we wouldn't account for our inventory money. It got spent elsewhere. So when sure, it came, sure. payment, we were making the minimum payment. So clearly we are not experts in financial <laughs> responsibility, but, <laughs> but you're willing to learn. And I think what I love about you both is you're willing to do uncomfortable things, knowing that they will pay off. Mm -hmm. instead of saying, this is just, it's too hard for me. I'm not good at numbers. This is really uncomfortable. I'd rather spend, I'm the business owner. I should be able to spend my money however I want, even though I'm stressed out all the time. Like you are both willing to say, this might not be the most comfortable thing today, but it's setting us up for more comfort in the future, looking at the long-term instead of the short-term every day. And I think you're both, you both have a a different expertise in your business too. So if there's other partners that are listening today, that's something, um, and maybe we can dive into that on another episode, but I mean, Jesse, you're very transactional and you are like checklist and get it done and candy, you know, having the vision and bringing that enthusiasm to the brand. It's really important. I think for partners to understand who's good at what and be willing to let those things go. If it's not what you're great at, Right. Because then you're both thriving in a much healthier way than if you're all trying to do everything and have right. control over everything. So that's a whole nother subject for another day. <laughs> but um, let's talk about something that you wish you would have known when you started. You started out, what's something you wish you would have known and started right away at the beginning? And we're not looking at this like as a regret, but as a learning lesson. What can we help others think about? I probably... For, for me personally, I think it would be a couple of things. One, I do wish that we would have known about and understood fully how Profit First would benefit a boutique. Um, because I do feel like some of the struggles that we faced early on with having no money for inventory or not paying ourselves, I mean, it was kind of an all or nothing thing for us for about a year, you know, whether we had money and then we didn't, and then it was a oh shoot, are we going to be able to make rent this month? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you make rent and then it's like, oh shoot, now we don't have any money for inventory. So that was a lot of stress um, yes. that could have been avoided had we understood better in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, and then that falls into, then I would have probably understood better about having an open to buy plan um, and how, all, you know, all that would figure into our boutique. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I could probably tell you everything, Sierra, everything that we've learned is probably what we wish we would have known in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Just those key pieces. So cash and inventory management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Not necessarily like wish I would have known, but just a reminder that it's okay to say no and it's okay to not do it all. You, yeah, you know, we're only open three days a week. People ask us all the time, you're gonna be open more. And we flat out say, no, don't want to. And, you know, my, my daughter, Finley May, she's the, the May of Simply Mays. You know, that's the only, that's the only child I'm going to have. So she, she's four, she's going into preschool. So if, if I'm up here working all the time, I'm missing out on that. 
And that's, that's not fair to her. That's not fair to my husband. So having, having the line of here's your business, here's the hours I'm going to work it. And here's when I'm at home. Yeah. Uh, And we've really, we've done a lot better job about that at 2021, like better than we did starting out. So that's just a reminder that you don't have to do it all and that there needs to be a line. And I for think your it, mental health. it goes yes. back to, too, you know, I know that we said we cut our hours after the pandemic situation, but uh, it is easier to add to than it is to take away. Um, and even if it's just for your own personal feeling of success, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's, it, I would start small and grow rather than try to do all the things and be open all the time and then have to cut back because it's just not manageable. Um, yeah. And and we've learned you train your people and they mm-hmm. come. Yes. And if they yeah. tell you that you, they want you to be open a certain time, they don't really mean that. So <laughs> <laughs> you just do what works for you and your business and your family because your family and your time and your mental health is that needs to come first before your business, everybody else's wishes. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, I think on one of our coaching calls too, was um, maybe one of our group calls was that you refer people other places. So that's something, if you're listening, you're like, but I'm the only place in my little town and I have, you know, come up with another list so you can collaborate. And there was, I think another couple of gals were mentioning that too. They're in another small town here in Tennessee that they love to refer. Like we're not open Mondays, but we know like the boutique around the corner, she's open on Mondays. And so we'd love you to check her out, you know, so have alternative options for people, um, but don't compromise on what everybody else wants you to do because yeah, chances are, they're not going to come in on Monday anyway. So, and if they do, they can come in on Tuesdays instead. Um, So before we wrap up, let's talk about the boutique workshop. Um, Candy, you're coaching over there now, Jesse and Candy, you've both been super active, just encouraging women. We have such a vibrant and healthy community. And we're learning so much. It's so exciting all the time. People, you know, sharing their wins and little wins, big wins, big wins to them. You know, it's just really neat. So can you just talk about like from a boutique owner's perspective, what is the boutique workshop like, like from your perspective, what do you see on the, the flip side of what I see, but what do you guys see looking in from the retail side? I mean, collaboration. Mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, just bouncing ideas off of people, you know, like she likes to dream big and think about all these things. And I'm the one I'm like, Whoa, how's that going to work? And yeah, you have to execute. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and then, you know, just running ideas past the people in the boutique workshop, like, has anyone done this? What, how does it look, how did it look like for you and how could we do it for us? Um, you know, you watch the videos, on re- well, we watch the videos on replay because sometimes we can't always make it live. So the, yeah. the resources are there all the time, which is helpful as well too. And I feel like we've um, been in other paid groups before and what we appreciate about the boutique workshop and why we're still here and not paying for other groups <laughs> is like you said, it's the community. I mean, we have met some amazing women um, through market, through your live events, and um, and then through the calls that you know are hosted. So, like Jesse said, collaborating on ideas, um, hearing how other people um, 
you know, their business is going. So when we feel like, oh, this was a horrible month, you know, our sales are down 50% from last year. Well, guess what? We're not the only ones that are feeling the pinch because we also have this group of amazing women that we've trusted, um, that we've gotten to know, and their struggles are the same as ours. So we're not in it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we can lean on other people for resources, for questions, for validation of our feelings. <laughs> and I really, I think we work so hard at having a community of problem solvers and forward-thinking women. So it's not you know, hundreds of women saying my sale, it's not working and it's raining outside and it's cold and I can't get stuff from people and shipping's expensive. It's people saying, you know what? Shipping's expensive, but have you guys thought about this? I just did this in my boutique and I saved on shipping or boy, the sales are slow this, this month. And so I just put together this coupon book. I want to show it to everybody. So you can all copy my idea. You should all try it. It's a very different mindset where if we have problems, people are coming with their problem and their solutions, or here's three things I'm thinking of, what would you guys do instead of the whining and complaining? And that's great to be in an environment that's positive like that Mm -hmm. and not toxic and dreary. And yeah, agree. That's what I was going to say that I don't feel like the group is a negative environment that it does provide positivity, even though you may be, we may be hard that, you know, that situation was not the most positive thing we've ever experienced. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And chances are, if you're going through something, there's 10 other people at the same time going through it or who have just come out on the other side. And so having that group is so important. Um, I also feel like, you know, you have people at all various walks of life and, you know, our businesses are in various um, stages. And so, what we may be experiencing right now, maybe somebody has already gone through it and they're willing to share their information, um, even what they did right or what they didn't, what they did wrong and how that might pertain to us, um, as well as new people who are coming on board, you know, they may reach out to us because they want to start using profit first, you know, right away. And I highly suggest, um, so, you know, I mean, there's all, we can all walk alongside one another, no matter what. Yeah. Yes. I do love that. Having people with different size businesses, different types of products, makers, um, Jackie, I know you guys have heard, if you've listened to the podcast, you heard my interview with her, she makes her own products. So she has her own challenges, Mm -hmm. but we're all in business and we're all working towards making a great living or providing something, whether that's extra time or energy or income for our families Um, And so it's just a great place to come and belong and learn what you need to learn before it's too late, (laughs) if you can learn those things or if you can implement them now. So um, what would be in closing one word of advice you'd each have for a fellow businesswoman, just something to push them forward or motivate them or give them hope um, or peace of mind, something that you'd each like to share. Mm-hmm. On the spot, I did not send. Yeah, you did not <laughs> prepare us for that. Um, or a word that a mentor has shared with you that's really been hopeful or has stuck with you. Okay, if you're listening to the podcast, there's going to be a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, I'll, I'll say this. I've never um, asked the question and then answered it, but I will while you're thinking. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors told me once to make sure to continue to do things that make my palms sweaty, which I thought was the weirdest thing. I was like, okay, you're gonna have to explain that. And it's basically this idea that we don't ever want, if we've come to a place where everything feels great, we're super comfortable and we're never nervous, we're not growing. And we're not pushing forward. So she said, Sierra, you have to do things that continue to make your palms sweaty. Do those things that get you a little clammy, that you feel a little bit out of your comfort zone. It's a little scary because when we do those things, that's when we're pushing forward. So that would be something I'd love to share. And hopefully that. I'll go first. Okay. (laughs) I would say, um, stay true to yourself and who you are as a person. Um, Don't worry about the boutique down the street from you. Um, you just stay in your own lane, do what you want your, what you envisioned your business to look like and, you know, be true to that because I feel like building the relationships with the customers and people come in just to talk and because, you know, we're very just real people and we share our struggles of life and, and whatnot. So we've, that's just who we are. And I think that people appreciate that whether they're going to buy a shirt that day or not. Um, but long-term they're going to be a customer because they know us and they've built a relationship with us and you're authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, uh, my word of advice would be, this kind of goes to the compound effect book that we're reading. So I feel that, you know, you make a lot of decisions in your business, um, and every decision builds Um, potentially on the other, maybe you make a decision that knocks you down a little bit, but you know, you're going to keep making decisions to propel yourself forward. So um, when you're in that moment and you're confused and you don't really know what to do and you don't know um, what decision is best, you know, just kind of step back for a moment and Mm. think about, um, I'm a, I'm a scenario person, you know, so I play out everything. I go into everything knowing the good, the bad, and the ugly that could possibly happen. So then when something happens, I'm not shocked by it. Yes, so good. (laughs) So, you know, and I don't know if that's how a lot of people think or if it's just my crazy way of dealing through life. But, um, you know, the, the compound effect, and I've taught my kids this, everything you do, every action that you take has a consequence, whether it's positive or negative. Um, whether you learn from it or you don't, but you know, these consequences follow you, um, Mm -hmm. and then they make other decisions for you. So whenever you are thinking about spending money, whether you're thinking about making a move, um, implementing a new program into your thing, I mean, just think longer term, bigger picture and take yourself out of that immediate moment where it's like, Ooh, it's nice and shiny. And I want to do it. (laughs) Yes. In reality, in reality, what's the consequence of this decision potentially down the road? And I mean, I could go on forever about that because you can weigh it out a hundred million different ways, but you know, really, really we've, we've had to do that. We get enamored with all the shiny things and think that we need stuff when really we don't We come um, back the next day. And I'm like, Nope, Nope. We, yep. <laughs> we try to sleep on it for a night or a weekend before we make a major decision, but it goes back to, um, some of those decisions that we've made have made us profitable. And some of those decisions that we've made have cost us some money. Yeah. Um, and maybe some time and mental health 
between the two of us. So I'd say that it's just be aware yeah. of all these little decisions that you're making that build upon one another. Yeah, I like that. And and really count the cost. What's going to happen if I do do this? And what will happen if I don't? If I choose not to implement profit first, because it's not the right time, it's too much work, it's too confusing, I don't want to pay for help. What's that going to do? What's it's the not, consequence of that? It's, you know? not, it's not too much work. I mean, it sounds... I think when the you, hardest part is setting is, is being consistent, doing it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. doing it being consistent and then getting your accounts set up. And that's not even hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> you do harder things every day, all day long. Yes. Changing a diaper on a child is harder than setting up your bank accounts at the bank. <laughs> yes. Being nice to the 10th angry customer of the day yeah. is okay. nicer. Steaming a hundred items at once when it's hot outside is harder than setting up your bank accounts. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, you guys. Um, For everyone that's listening, if you are curious about the boutique workshop, just head on over to theboutiqueworkshop.com. You'll find all the information. We'd love to have you as part of our community and help you implement these things, help, help you make good choices. Um, just be your community and your support system while we teach you some really great concepts to grow profitability and peace of mind. Thanks, Candy and Jesse. Thank you, Sierra. All right. We'll see you guys all later. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Hey, friend. You know how we're always talking about the importance of having a good set of financials for your business? Well, it's pretty difficult to have a good set of financials if you don't have a trustworthy bookkeeper or an accountant. And that's why I want to introduce you to Summer. Summer's the founder and CEO of LeafBook. LeafBook is dedicated to helping business owners just like you run a profitable business. And that is music to my ears. They're going to help you put together a customized blueprint that will allow you, as the owner, to objectively evaluate your expenses, to pay yourself regularly, can I hear an amen, to crush debt, and to become permanently profitable. And that's permanently profitable in all caps. Their certified Profit First professionals are going to be with you every single step of the way, supporting you and cheering you on. And that's exactly what you need. So I want you to head on over to www.leafbookcfo.com. That's leafbookcfo.com. Reach out to Summer and her team. See if they can't be the accountant or the bookkeeper that you have been looking for. Hey, boutique owner. Thanks for joining me again today for the Boutique Workshop Podcast. I love Tuesdays, and it's not just because I get to show up here on the podcast on Tuesday, but it's because for the past several years, I've been showing up live for my members over in the Boutique Workshop membership on Tuesdays. Tuesday is our day. We get things done, and I love it. Now, you might be new here to the podcast and think, well, I don't even know what the Boutique Workshop membership's all about. Or you might be one of those gals who has heard about the membership for months, maybe even years, and you haven't joined. Okay, I'm speaking to all of you this morning. You absolutely need to join the membership. And why is that? 
because the Boutique Workshop membership offers three things that are so important to your profitability and your peace of mind as a boutique owner. First of all, amazing content. We don't do fluff in the Boutique Workshop. We offer content that you need, things that are relevant to your business. We offer concepts and ways to implement those concepts that are really going to help you grow and take a step forward. Now we do that all through awesome coaching. If I can say so myself, the way that I coach in the boutique workshop or any of my clients is different than any other coach. And why is that? Because I've been there and done that. I've owned a boutique. I've stayed up all night. I've had that awful feeling in the pit of my stomach because I didn't know if I could pay the bills on Monday morning or make a big decision that was coming down the pipeline. I've been you. And so I coach with a completely different mindset. I coach knowing what it's like to be on your, in your shoes and on the side of things, and I know what it's like to come out on the other side and to build profitability into my business. And then we wrap that all together with the most vibrant community you've ever been a part of. Our community is built of women that are forward-thinking, problem-solving, positive women who are growing their businesses the right way. I want you to be part of the Boutique Workshop, and so I'm offering you a $100 gift. That's right. I want you to go into the show notes here and look for the special discount link. If you click on this link, it's going to give you $100 off our enrollment over in the Boutique Workshop. We have some amazing things that we've implemented just in these last few days, and you get to be part of all of it. So come on over make Tuesdays an even better day for you and your business. Keep listening to me here on the podcast, of course, but join us over in the Boutique Workshop. Let's go deeper. Let's get you that content, coaching, and community you have been longing for. And let's wrap those things together to create profitability and peace of mind for you and your business. I'll see you over there.